we begin this morning, I want you to get this word in your mind. If you were in Bible class this morning, uh, you know that we're going through a series called Believe, and uh, we're studying this uh, not only in our Bible class, but also in our worship time. It's a series that we are just hoping and praying that we can become and act and be more like Jesus in everyday life and in things that we believe and in things that we need to act upon as God's children. And today we come to a topic or a theme called spiritual gifts. So I want you to think about that phrase as we begin this morning, spiritual gifts. What comes to your mind when you see that? Maybe it confuses you. Maybe it scares you a little bit. Maybe it kind of freaks you out a little bit about what this is. Uh, and some of you may have no idea what we're referring to. Uh, and so we welcome all of that this morning. And some may be here and you may say, you know, I understand spiritual gifts. I know what my gift or my gifts are. And I'm using those for uh, the purpose that God has set out for me. That is wonderful. But I also pray this morning that you have an open heart and an open mind. Uh, and maybe you hear some things and we explore through some things that you haven't thought about before. First of all, I want you to understand this about spiritual gifts and about God. God is a gift giver. So I want you to think about that for a minute. He's given you the gift of life, where at the very beginning in Genesis where we read where he breathes into life and all these things are created, including mankind. So he's breathed into you the gift of life, He's also given you the gift of salvation. Boy, isn't that a great gift that we open up and that we try to understand a little more of day by day. Thank goodness that God has given us that gift of salvation. Then we have the gift of family. Look around this morning. You're sitting with family, and there's family all around you because we've learned that in the church, the church is not just a building, but the church is family okay and so whether you like it or not look around this morning you are stuck with everybody in this room okay that's a good thing you also have the gift of friendship and the gift of health sometimes our health fails us sometimes our health is very strong sometimes it's just we don't know what it is it's just somewhere right but we have the gift of health we have the gift of food and you're thinking, yes, and if you'll just hurry up and get through this, we can go practice that gift, right? We have the gift of clothing. We have the gift of shelter. And that list can go on and on and on about all the gifts and all the blessings that God has bestowed upon us day after day. Well, there's more. If you are a follower of Christ, the good news is the gifts just keep coming because he's given every single believer in this room at least one spiritual gift to be used to serve and to build up his church and so if you don't hear anything else this morning I want to repeat that he has given every believer at least one gift Nine times out of ten, I would say, he's blessed you with more than one gift. 
But I think the question is, have you opened up that gift and have you discovered what that gift is that God may have blessed you with? I think sometimes what we do is we think we're gifted with something when we're really not and we're trying to be somebody or we're trying to use something in our life that maybe God has not blessed you with. That's okay. Because the good news is, whatever gift I may not have, somebody in this room will have it. And the point is, it's not a competition. It's not a competitive spirit. It's to realize, I have this gift. Kyle Jones has this gift. Ray Murphy has this gift over here. And what we all need to do is unpack those and use them for the glory of God. Not for ourselves, but for the glory of God. And so I want you to imagine this morning, being a child, thinking this. Thinking that you are not going to get anything for Christmas. Man, not only are you thinking about that, but you're pretty ticked off about it, right? I mean, you're pretty bummed out about the fact that you've been told you're not getting anything for Christmas well but what if you woke up on Christmas morning and you go and look under the tree or wherever it is in the house only to discover that there's a gift and you look at that gift and it has your name on it it says Bobby and Bobby's over here thinking yes this is great and if you're that kid, you remember what you did. I know I did this. Boy, I would shake it, and then I would turn it around and shake it some more, and sometimes I would even unwrap them and wrap them back so I would kind of, you know, I'm not supposed to say that, Emma. Sorry, Mom, but that's, that's what I did one time. Um, but when you open it up, you discover how amazing that gift is. And you realize it's not some mass-produced and some... Uh, store-bought plastic thing but it's this beautiful it's handcrafted it's specially designed and it's specially made for you and then you continue to look at that and you see something else tucked inside is this tiny little piece of paper and you pull it out and it's the instructions and instead of just throwing them away you think man I you know maybe I ought to see what this is and you realize it's short, it's brief, but it's pretty important about what it says, and it's pretty specific. And it says this, warning, do not use alone, must only be played with family and friends. Now, if you're a selfish kind of person, you're thinking, well, that stinks, because I want to use this all for me. But if you're somebody that's not afraid to share you think, ah, oh, this is cool, because I've been given a gift that not only I can use, but other people can use it, and other people can benefit from that. And so you can be one of two places, okay? And so as a follower of Christ, there's a gift from God with your name on it. And if you're here this morning and you're thinking, well, I haven't discovered that, I'll tell you this, you're not alone. And the good thing is, I think we discover something new about ourselves, and I think we discover something new about God every day. And isn't that exciting? 
Isn't that an exciting journey to be on, to know that I'm on this journey and I'm on this Christian race with God and every day is a new day, every day is a blessing from God and every day I just cannot wait to see how God is going to use me, how God is going to use your life and how he will bless you. Now I want you to get all this in your mind as we're thinking about spiritual gifts. But I also want you to realize And you may be asking yourself, so what is it about me that God created so special? What did God put within me that allows me to serve God and the church? And some in here this morning would say, absolutely nothing. To which I would say, that's not true. Because there's not a person in this room that God left out when it comes to receiving and having been given a spiritual gift and so the scriptures are clear that when we come to Christ well the exciting thing and you really see this in the book of Acts the spirit is alive the spirit is active and the spirit is on the move and the spirit is moving through you as God's person isn't that exciting that God has given you his Holy Spirit And that everywhere you go, there's a little bit of God and a little bit of His Spirit right here inside of me. That's not an accident, church. That is on purpose because God knew that, and Jesus even tells His followers this, that there's going to come a day, there's going to come a point when I'm not going to be with you in person anymore. But just because I'm not with you in person, I'm going to leave you my Spirit. I'm going to leave you my helper. I'm going to leave you my comfort and my advocate and my guide and all these words that we see in Scripture that have the same meaning and the same identity as the Spirit alive and working inside of us. And so there's something powerful about that. And one of the ways that the Spirit works within us is to make us capable of serving in God's kingdom in some particular way, and that's what we call a spiritual gift. Now, so here's the question. What's so spiritual about my gift? How are they different, or how are they similar to talents or skills and abilities? And here's what I would say to that in short answer. A talent is something you're born with. A skill is something that you learn with experience and education over time. A spiritual gift is given by the Holy Spirit and has sometimes a specific calling that comes with that. Okay? So let me say all that again. So you have a talent. All of us in here have a talent, okay? Some of us are probably born with that talent. I mean, have you ever heard or or you've seen somebody that just has an extraordinary talent about something and you can think, man, that person was just born to be that way. I mean, that that person was just born with all this great talent in the world. And some of you in here have a skill. Okay? I'm going to pick on somebody, Canel Peace. She has a skill that most people in this room do not have. That is, she can make pottery. 
So she can take a lump of clay, I mean just a little ball of clay, and if you'll leave her alone and give her time, am I right, Canel? She can shape that and mold that into something unbelievable. Okay? I have an uncle that can do that. He did it for years, and he's about to retire from another career, and he said, I can't wait. He told me the other day, he said, I can't wait to go back to the potter's wheel and start making pottery again. And I said, you think you're going to have to relearn some things? And he said, yes, but I also think that I'm just, it's just going to naturally come back to me because I, it's just something that I, I do. That's a skill. But a spiritual gift is something that's given by the Holy Spirit with a specific calling. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 says it this way, and I love the way the New Living Translation quotes it. It says, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can, what? Help each other. Not for my benefit, but I have this gift so I can help you with. You have a spiritual gift that you can help me with. And so here's the kicker about all of this. A talent or skill is developed to benefit yourself and maybe even to advance your career to where a spiritual gift is given to benefit other people. And here's the good news. Not only are you benefiting other Christians, but it's also used so you can advance the kingdom of God. What God wants us to do, what Jesus, his son, wants us to do in his kingdom that he ushered in and that he invited us to be a part of that, he wants us to advance his kingdom for the glory of God. And you do that every time you recognize that spiritual gift and every time you put that gift into practice. So when it comes to serving God, sometimes we tend to look at what we're good at and offer that to God for him to use and asking God to, hey, I want you to bless my efforts over here. And the result is that we rely solely on our own strengths instead of relying on the Holy Spirit. Church, wouldn't we be better off to forget self and rely on his spirit more and more well I don't understand the spirit that's okay you have the spirit it's living inside of you just get out of the way and let it work and what Paul says in Galatians chapter 5 there's fruit of the spirit and he says the fruit of the spirit is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and self-control and what he wants us to do every day of our life is keep in step with that spirit and the only way to keep in step with that spirit is to realize man God has given me and blessed me with a gift and I need to use that to his glory so his kingdom that I'm living in and here I am just a little person in his big kingdom but you're something special because you're his you're something special because you're his child. You belong to God. 
And because of that, you're using what God has blessed you with to benefit other people. So what's so spiritual about your gift? It is God working through you. It's God working in you directly to love and to serve others for the purpose of building up the body of Christ, his church. And so, real quick, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read through some scriptures. And I want you to just listen to these. They're going to be on the screen or you can use your Bibles. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start, start in Romans chapter 12, beginning in verse 3. And there's a theme that runs through all four sections of these scriptures that I'm going to read. And I want to see if you can pick up on those as we go through it. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, Paul says, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, these members do not all have the same function. Did you hear that? Just as each of us has one body with a lot of members, these members do not all have the same function. Think about that for a moment. If we were all in here this morning and we were a hand, well, wouldn't that be boring? Not that we don't need our hands, but when you put the body all together the way God designed it, we need all parts, don't we? We need every part of our human body to function. We also need every part of our spiritual gift and body to put that into practice the way God designed it. Verse 5, so in Christ we, though many, form one body and each member belongs to all the others. In short, here's what Paul is saying. I need you and you need me. We all need each other in the body of Christ. Okay? Not an accident. It's on purpose. It's the way God designed it. And when the body doesn't function that way, it's messed up. Okay? I need you. You need me. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's to give, then give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. In other words, whatever you've been gifted with, what does Paul say? Use it. There you go. If you have a gift, use it. And if you're not using the gift that God has given you, who do you have to answer to for that? That's right, to God. Not the elders, not the deacons, not to me. You have to answer to God for that. Because he's given something to you with your name on it, and he says, I want you to use it for my glory. Look at this in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And at the very beginning of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, you saw this on the screen earlier uh, for our reading I love how Paul starts this chapter. He says, about spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant or uninformed. Okay? You're laughing. NIV says ignorant. I love that. 
Verse 2, you know that when you were pagans, somehow or other you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. I tell you that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus be cursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Spirit. If you're being led away by an idol, that's not the Spirit of God. If you're being led away by some mute thing, guess what? You are out of step with God's Spirit. But when you're in step with His Spirit, look at what happens in verse 14. Even so, the body is not made up of one part but of many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, look at this, just as he wanted them to be. So if you don't like the way it's arranged, guess what? You don't have a say in that matter. God does. Because he created it that way with a special purpose. If they were all one part, where would the body be? And as it is, there are many parts but one body. So the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. That's a beautiful part right there. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. And while our presentable parts need no special treatment, God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. So I want you to look to the person next to you and say, I need you. And now say this. Say, you need me. Now that's the fun part to say, right? Hold on. But here's the beautiful part. You can say, I need you and you need me. And instead of trying to sound egotistical about that, like, oh, you need me. That's not the point. The point is, in the body of Christ, Ego is left out. Okay? Leave that out. Because in the body, boy, you treat everybody and you honor everybody the same. Because that's what Jesus says. And when you do that, and you realize you've put that into practice, you begin to see that's exactly the way that God designed for it to be in the first place. Ephesians chapter 4. So Christ himself gave the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining 
to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ, then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. And I want to close with 1 Peter chapter 4. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without, what's the word? Grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. You look back at all four in those sections, and you go back and read them in context, here's what you're going to see. The point about all four passages is really not the gift or gifts as much as it is you better practice those gifts in a spirit of love or it means absolutely nothing. Love, I would say, in all four of those is the main thing. And when you have at the root and the heart of it a spirit of love, and you start putting into practice what we just read, man, the church is going to function, and it's going to work in ways that we cannot even begin to see. I would even say this. If everybody is using their gifts to serve each other in love as God intended, then you better watch out, because that's when the church becomes unstoppable. But on the contrary, let me say this. If there's grumbling within the body, if there's dissension within the body, you focus more on that than you have putting your gift into practice. You get my point? There's no room for grumbling. There's no room for the dissension. But when you realize, I have a gift that you may not have, that's okay. Praise God for that. I praise God that you have gifts that I don't have. And instead of dreading that, and instead of looking at that as, oh my goodness, how did God leave me out? He didn't leave you out. He blessed you in ways that you cannot even begin to imagine. And when you understand that and put it into practice the way that he wants you to do it, beautiful things happen with you and beautiful things happen with the body of Christ and it's not an accident it happens that way because you're doing it God's way you remember earlier when I said you open that gift up and you look at those little instructions well open the gift up of the Word of God and look at the instructions that he gives us in here he's pretty clear isn't he 
about what he wants, about what he desires, about how to live, all of that. And we do it for his glory and not our own. So I don't know where you are this morning, and I don't know if I've muddied the waters or confused it more, but I'll tell you this. If you're here today and you just have no clue what your gift is, come talk to somebody in this church. We want to help you. Because the fun part is we want to help you discover what your gifts may be. And when you realize what that gift is, put it into practice in his body. And then amazing things will take place in your life and in the church. And so we're going to stand this morning, and Kyle's going to come lead us in a song. And we're going to sing that. And while we're singing, I pray that in your heart you can think about your own walk and where you are. And if there's something that we can do for you this morning in any way, whether it's baptism or prayer or any type of encouragement that we can offer to you, we are here today to do that. And we stand ready to do that right now as we stand and as we sing. Uh -huh.